Welcome today to another outpouring from the throne room of God with Ty and Betsy Tice. We're so happy to have you here with us today. Our episode today is Do You Measure Up? It comes from Amos 7, 7 through 9, talking about the plumb line, the measuring standard of God. God shows Amos the results of Israel's continued disobedience and rebellion. Before we go into reading of the scripture, I want to share with you a little bit about who Amos is. Amos was what they refer to as one of the minor prophets. Though he was from Judah, his calling was to minister to Israel, which was the northern kingdom. He went, and to put it very mildly, at that time, the northern kingdom was at peace. Everything was going beautiful. There was no wars going on. They have conquered everybody. They were affluent. They had everything going for them. They were as much as we are here in America today. They had no problems, but they had one problem. Through all of their greed, through all of their acquisitions, they forgot about God, and they really didn't want to have anything to do with him. When Amos came to the king to tell him, they, in fact, expelled him. Amos is the first person that we know in the scripture that wrote a letter. They weren't going to listen to him, so he wrote a letter to them. That's what we refer to as the book of Amos. His letter told them what was going to happen. They didn't want to hear it, but he made sure that they got the message. Now, let's go to the reading of the scripture, starting with verse 7. This is what he showed me. The Lord was standing by a wall that had been built true to plumb with the plumb line in his hand. Let me explain something about that plumb line, if I may. Uh, a long time ago when I was a kid, let me assure you that was about, oh, 55, 60 years ago, somewhere in there. Uh, we went to Knott's Berry Farm in Southern California and they had this building that you walked in. And in this building, you felt like you were actually climbing uphill, even though you weren't. But the way that everything was built gave you the optical illusion that you were climbing when you weren't. You walked into another room, and they had a, a water trough that was running uphill. Now, we all know that's absolutely impossible. But the illusion of it was that the water was running uphill instead of downhill, which it actually was. This is the purpose of the plumb line. The plumb line is the true to the base. And when the base is at a, an exact 90 degree angle, then you know that the base is correct. And the plumb line is the proof of it because it comes vertically straight down when everything else can alter and vary. Maybe your baseline is a bit, little bit off, 
like it was in this optical illusion room. But the plumb line will always tell the truth. That's why God said that he built a plumb line standing by a wall and had been built true to plumb with a plumb line in his hand. And the Lord asked me, what do you see, Amos? A plumb line, I replied. Then the Lord said, look, I am setting a plumb line among my people Israel. I will spare them no longer. The high places of Isaac will be destroyed and the sanctuaries of Israel will be ruined. With my sword, I will rise against the house of Jeroboam. God had dealt with Israel for a number of years, and they would not reform, nor even recognize the Lord as God. His love for them was too great to let them go, so his decision was to bring them back to what he had instilled to them years ago. Amos the shepherd from Tekoa now prophesies that God dealing with Israel's idolatry and disobedience was at hand. Amos sees the Lord standing on the wall, built true by the plumb line, therefore straight and plumb, as we see in verse 7. As the Lord's manner is, he asked the prophet what he saw, and the prophet replied that he saw the plumb line. The Lord explained to Amos that he was setting a plumb line in among the people and would spare them no more. The Lord went on to explain that the high places in the sanctuaries would be destroyed and left in ruin. The wall on which the Lord was standing can easily represent the church and the high places and sanctuaries, man's work within the church. I am not suggesting that the church is a denomination or an organization. I am suggesting that the church is made up of people that the Lord has regenerated by his Holy Spirit, as in Matthew 16. The wall represents something built, not by man, but by God. He is the one holding the plumb line as the constructor. Matthew 16, 18. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. The wall represents something strong, and there is nothing stronger than the church of Jesus Christ. Matthew 16, 17. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. The wall represents something upright, and since the Lord was standing on it, the wall would be upright in all things. The church is called to upright living in Christ. Ephesians 5, 3-5 But among you there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality 
or of any kind of impurity, or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a man is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. You might wonder at this time, who does have an inheritance in the kingdom of God when you go through these? And brothers and sisters, that's why God's constantly calling us to repentance. Further, I believe that the high places of Isaac and the sanctuaries of Israel not only find their exact meaning in Israel itself, but represent these things that we have built within the church. One of them being our doctrinal statements because what they do is they build a wall, a, a, I shouldn't say a wall, a fence in which the sheep can't get out of. And so that's why it's important. Many times when you go into a church, you'll see that they have set up codes of conduct. They've set up uh, church policies, who can become a member, who can't become a member. And it is all fine as long as it is based on the word of God and that is the foundation. Now, if there's any stupid rules that aren't based on the law of God and his foundation, then they're of no effect. And I've seen many churches come down because of rules that were set up that were not of God and were not for his purpose or his desire. Amos saw the Lord with a plumb line in his hand. A plumb line is a measuring instrument for righteousness. The spiritual plumb line represents righteousness and spiritual uprightness. The testing is applied not to the wall which God has built, but to the things that men have built, their own lives. At the point of measurement, either adjustment or demolition was in order. There will come a time when man will be spared no longer because judgment begins in the house of the Lord. Mm -hmm. The plumb line can represent none other to Israel or to us than Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He is the plumb line of righteousness and spiritual uprightness. The character of mankind is a formation of masonry. Our lives have one and only one foundation. First Corinthians 3, 11 through 13 says, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid which is Jesus Christ. We use a variety of materials to build within ourselves. If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stone, wood, hay, or straw, his work will be known for what it is because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality 
of each man's work. This building of ourself is a, a gradual advancement. Second Peter 1, 5 through 9. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if anyone does not have them, he is nearsighted and blind and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. The plumb line, the divine standard by which every man is measured and judged, one is the love for God. Matthew twenty-two, thirty-seven through 40, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Compassion for others. Matthew nine thirty six through 38 When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Next we see humility before the Lord. Philippians 2, 1 says, If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in the spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also the interest of others. Obedience to the Lord. 1 John three twenty one through 24 Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we obey his commands and do what pleases him. And this is his command to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. Those who obey his commands live in him and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gave us. Prayer as communion with the Lord. Psalm 5, verse 2. 
Listen to my cry for help, my King and my God. For to you I pray. In the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice in the morning. I lay my request before you and wait in expectation. Conduct our lives in godly behavior. Micah 6, 8. He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. The divine standard by which every man is measured is Christ. There is a total ruin for those who do not bear the test of measurement by the plumb line. The time for adjustment to conform to the uprightness of the plumb line is now. I ask you, my friend, do you measure up? If not, take heart, for we serve a compassionate God with mercy and grace. And all you have to do is say, Lord, I don't measure up to your plumb line. I have fallen short. And God will forgive all your sins and will wipe away the tears and will give you a heart of righteousness in place of a heart of impurity. And he will give you an unction that is so strong that it can overcome the temptations of the wild and you can walk in freedom and justness knowing that if God is for me, then who can be against me? Go with God, measure up to his plumb line, and forget the measurements of the world, for they're out of kilter, and their baseline is flaw. But God's baseline is not flaw. It is perfect in every way. God bless you and go with you this day.